chapter 1 is where we'll get started in a few moments. I invite you to make your way over to Zephaniah, the first chapter, and place a marker there. That's where we'll be spending most of our time this morning. Hopefully you have a Bible, because we're going to be looking at several passages here in this book. And here at the Rolling Hills Church of Christ, we preach the Bible. It's nothing that I'm going to say It's my think-so, it's all God's say-so, and we want you all to be able to see what he has to say to us through his word. Picture this. It's high noon, 12 o'clock. The sky is black, the streets are empty, and a symphony of rain and hail pound the pavement as a chorus of rain Lightning, thunder, and wind sing through the skies. This is a bitter day, Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 15. This is a day of clouds and thick darkness. This is a day of wrath. This is a day of anguish and devastation. This is a day of ruin and turmoil. This is a day of darkness and gloom. The Lord is upset with his people. The Lord is upset with his people. He is fed up with his people. God is about to completely and totally destroy the nation of Israel. The Bible says in Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 2, I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and the rubble with the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth. Chapter 3 and verse 8. Chapter 3 and verse number 8. The text says, Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day when I rise up to seize the prey. For my decision is to gather nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out upon them my indignation, all of my burning anger. For in the fire of my jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. We ask ourselves the question, Why in the world is God so upset? Why in the world is God so angry? Why is God set to wipe out his people? He's set to wipe out his people because they have transgressed the covenant. They have broken the covenant. They have forsaken God and they have followed after the ways of the world. During the days of the prophet Zephaniah, the moral, the spiritual, and the political status of the nation was a disaster. King Josiah was reigning. Josiah was a good king. But despite his reforms, his grandfather Manasseh's influence and his wicked father Ammon's influence prevailed in the land. Moral, spiritual, and political corruption. The priesthood was corrupt. The temple was defiled. People began to worship and serve idols. Baal was supreme But the God in heaven was inferior. Man had forgotten about God. Man had transgressed the will of God. Man had followed after the ways of the world. And so the time was ripe for judgment. God sends the prophet Zephaniah to the people to declare to them a day of darkness and gloom. To declare to them the day when the wicked nation of Babylon would rise up against God's people and completely and totally wipe them out. And on this day of darkness and gloom, God's people learn three very, very important lessons. The first lesson that they learned was God is well aware of sin. 
All throughout this book, we see that God knew exactly what was going on in the kingdom. God is well aware of sin. In Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse number 4, Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 4, the text says, I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against the inhabitants of Jerusalem. I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal and the name of the idolatrous priest, along with the priests, those who bow down on roofs to the host of heaven, those who bow down and swear to the Lord and yet swear by Milken. Verse 6, those who have turned back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. Here in this passage, it's very clear that the Lord was well aware of the Baal worship. He was well aware of the priest who had begun to worship and serve Baal. And he was well aware of the people who would worship him in the temple, but then they would leave the temple and they would follow after the ways of the world. God is well aware of sin. In Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 8, we see that the Lord is well aware of those who are in positions of authority who have abandoned the way of the Lord and they have put on the the ways of the world. Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 8, the text says, On the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons and all who array themselves in foreign attires. God is well aware of those who have abandoned the divinely appointed customs and practices and have arrayed themselves in foreign attire. God is well aware of those who have forsaken his way and have followed after the ways of the world. He's well aware of sin. Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse number 12. He's well aware of the complacent man. Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 12. The text says, at that time I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. Their goods shall be plundered and their houses laid waste. God is well aware of the complacent man. He's well aware of the man who does not fear him. He's well, of the man, well aware of the man who does not take him seriously. The man says in his heart, the Lord will not do good or do ill. But guess what? God knows his heart. God knows that he is a sinner and God is going to do something about it. God is well aware of sin. Zephaniah chapter 2. In Zephaniah chapter 2, we learn that not only does God judge the wicked nation of Israel, but God pronounces judgment on all of the foreign surrounding nations. And God is too well aware of the foreign nation's sin. He's well aware of the fact that they have oppressed his people. Zephaniah chapter 2 and verse number 8, the text says, I have heard the taunts of Moab and the revilings of the Ammonites, how they have taunted my people and made boast against their territory. God has heard about them. God knows about them. He knows exactly what is going on. God is well aware of those who oppress, those who taunt, and those who threaten his people. But finally, God is well aware of the wicked nation of Nineveh. In Zephaniah chapter 2 and verse 15, the Lord pronounces judgment upon them. Zephaniah chapter 2 and verse 15, this is the exultant city that lives securely, that said where? In her heart. I am it and there is no one else. What a desolation she has become. God is well aware of the proud. He's well aware of the arrogant. He's well aware of what these people said in their 
hearts. God knows about sin. Here in this passage, we see that God knows where our devotion lies. We see that God knows whether we fear him or not. God knows how we treat other people. And God knows exactly what is in our heart. He knows what is in our hearts. He's well aware of sin. And we cannot hide from God. The Hebrew writer would tell us in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 that there is no creature that is hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and exposed to he who we will give an account. God knows exactly what you are up to when you are alone. You cannot hide from God. On this day of darkness and gloom, the children of Israel learned that God was well aware of their sins, but they also learned that God was going to do something about their sins. They learned that God was going to punish them of their sins. Here in this passage, when the Lord pronounced judgment, he made it clear that he knew what they were doing, and he also made it clear that he was going to do something about what they were doing. He was going to punish them for their sins. In Zephaniah chapter 1, in verse number 4, the text says, I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants. I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal. Look at verse 8. Verse 8. On the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's son. Verse 9. On that day, I will punish everyone who leaps over the wall. Verse 12. Verse 12. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men, those who are complacent. Look at verse number 17, Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 17. I will bring distress on mankind so that they shall walk like the blind. Why? Because they have sinned against the Lord. I will stretch out my hand. I will cut off I will punish, I will punish, I will punish, I will punish. I will bring distress. Why? Because you have sinned against me. God punishes sins. The Bible would tell us in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 18 that the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness and all ungodliness and against all men who suppress the truth. Don't think that you're going to coast through life and, and live however you want to, willfully live in sin, willfully transgress God's will. Don't think that you can coast through life and get away with it. Things may be going well with you today on this side of heaven, but God is going to take care of the sin problem. God is going to take care of the sin problem in his time. We better believe that. On this day of darkness and gloom, the children of Israel learned that God was well aware of their sins. They learned that God punishes sins. But thankfully, they also learned that God offers redemption from sin. Before all of the dust settled, before all of the smoke cleared, before God poured out his wrath upon this wicked nation, before God completely, totally, and utterly wiped them out, he provided a ray of hope. God provided a way by which they may have redemption from their sins. In Zephaniah chapter 2, Zephaniah chapter 2, starting in verse number 1, the Lord through the mouth of the prophet says, Gather together, yes, gather, O shameless nation, 
before the decree takes effect, before the day passes away like chaff, before there comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord, before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land who do his just commands. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. And when you do this, perhaps, perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. Before I wipe you out, before I punish you, before I send Babylon to completely and totally wipe you out, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a second chance to get your life right. I'm going to give you a second chance to come back to me, to seek me, to seek righteousness, to seek humility, to seek justice. I am going to help you out. I'm going to redeem you. On this day of darkness and gloom, the children of Israel learn that, that the Lord is so loving, so gracious, so merciful, and so kind that he is willing to redeem his people. In Zephaniah chapter 3, Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse number 14, we continue to see the Lord's great love, care, and concern for his people and the redemption that he offers. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 14, the text says, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all of your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Why? Why can we sing aloud? Why can we rejoice? Why can we be happy during this very difficult and dark time? Why? Because, verse 15, the Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. God provides redemption from sin. The text continues to say, the king of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. Verse 16, on that day it shall be said of Jerusalem, fear not, O Zion, let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty warrior who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all of your oppressors, and I will save the lame and gather the outcasts, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all of the earth. At that time I will bring you in, at that time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all of the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes says the Lord. On this day of darkness and gloom, on this day when the Lord poured out his wrath upon mankind, on this day when the Lord was fed up with his people, they learned three very, very important lessons. They learned that God was well aware of their sin problem. They learned that God was going to do something about their sin problem. And they learned that God was so loving, so gracious, so merciful, and so kind that he offers redemption from sin despite their sin problem. Wonderful, wonderful things that we can learn from a day of darkness and gloom. Ladies and gentlemen, today is June the 10th, 2018. And we, just like the children of Israel, are going to expect and should expect a very dark and a very gloomy day of judgment. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. 
The day of the Lord is going to come when we least expect. The day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. The heavens are going to pass away with a roar. The elements are going to be burned up and dissolved with intense heat. And the earth and all of its works are going to be burned up and destroyed. We, just like the children of Israel during the days of Zephaniah, can expect a day of judgment. God is going to pour out his wrath upon all mankind. God is going to do something about the sin problem that is going on in this world. We can expect that to happen. But thankfully, thankfully, just like the Lord provided redemption and atonement and forgiveness of sins during the days of Zephaniah, God too has provided us today with a pathway for redemption. And it all happened from another day of darkness and gloom. About 2,000 years ago, there was a literal day of darkness and gloom. There was a period of darkness over all of the face of the earth for about three hours. This was a time when the sun's light literally failed. And on this day, on this very dark, gloomy, and black Friday, strange things began to happen. The veil of the temple was spontaneously torn in two. Rocks were split. The earth shook. Tombs were opened. And dead men rose. This was a day of deceit. This was a day of betrayal. This was a day of suicide. This was a day of mockings, beatings, crucifixions, and death. This was a very dark, gloomy, and black Friday afternoon. This was a day when God did something about sin. This is a day when God punished sin. God saw that the wickedness of man was great upon the earth, and God saw that the blood of bulls and goats could no longer take away our sin problem. Hebrews chapter 10. God saw that something could not take away our sin problem. Something was not enough, and so someone had to die. That someone had to be perfect. That someone had to be sinless. That someone had to be blameless. That someone had to be holy. That someone was Jesus Christ. On this day, God punished his own son for our sake. Our sins, our burdens, our guilt, our mistakes, our shortcomings, all that we have ever done wrong was placed upon Jesus Christ's flesh-stripped, lacerated, bloody, beaten, crucified, and bare back. This was truly a dark and gloomy day. But thankfully, it doesn't end there. Thankfully, just like God during the days of Zephaniah provided a way by which the children of Israel could have redemption from their sins, God too, on that very dark and gloomy Black Friday afternoon, provided a way by which we too may have redemption from our sins. Christ died, but three days later, that stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty, the linen cloths were folded neatly and placed on the floor, and Christ was not there. Jesus had risen, providing hope, providing life, providing redemption from our sins. On this very dark and gloomy Black Friday afternoon, God recognized the sinful nature of man. God punished 
the sinful nature of man, and God redeemed his people through the cross. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, the Bible would tell us that we are God's chosen people. We are his set-apart people. We are his covenant people. We are a people who once were not a people, but now we are God's people, all provided from a very dark and gloomy black Friday afternoon. And so we naturally ask ourselves the question, how do we respond to this? How do we respond to this magnificent gift that the Lord has provided for us? Point number one and our only point of the night, of the morning, we respond by taking sin seriously. We have to take sin seriously. During the days of Zephaniah, the children of Israel were sinful. They, had, they were overcome with sin, and God took their sins very, very seriously. He didn't take it lightly. He knew exactly what they were doing, and he punished them for what they were doing. We, too, today in 2018 should take sin seriously. Because God takes sin seriously. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every last one of us here in this room this morning have sinned and transgressed God's will. And we know that the wages of those sins, the consequences of those sins, the result of our sins is death. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. And as we have learned, someone has to die. Thankfully, it wasn't us, but it was Jesus Christ. Christ died for our sins. And so if we go through life casually living, willfully living in sin, transgressing God's will, acting as if what we do, what we say, where we go, what we think is not that big of a deal... On the final day of judgment, when we see the Son of God standing as though he has been slain with nail prints in his hands and in his feet, with scars and bruises and lacerations on his back, with scars on the crown of his head, when we see Christ standing there like that on the final day of judgment, when we have to answer to him, are we really going to tell him what we did in our lives, how we willfully transgressed his will, and what he went through for our sins? Are we really going to tell him that that wasn't a big deal? I hope not. We have to take sin seriously. Because God took sin so seriously that he expelled his only begotten son from the glories of heaven to come to this earth and live as a man and suffer and be rejected and be spit at and to be mocked and be crucified and killed for our sake. That's how serious God was about sin. And so we should be that serious as well. On a very dark and gloomy day, the children of Israel learned that God was well aware of their sins they learned that God was going to punish them for their sins. And they also learned that the Lord was so loving, so gracious, so merciful, and so kind that he provided a way that they may be redeemed from their sins. Likewise, today, we too should be so humbled to live lives in service and devotion to the Lord because today he has also provided a way by which we may have redemption from our sins. So much that we can learn from a very dark and gloomy day. Let's pray. Oh Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all of the earth. We praise you, we glorify you, we magnify you. Come to you now humbled before your high and glorious throne, thanking you so much for who you are and what you have done for us. 
We are so sorry for how we have transgressed your will. We are so sorry for how we often go through our life willfully living in sin. And we pray that you can help us. We pray that you can give us the strength to pursue righteousness and flee from sin. We pray that you can give us the strength to become more and more like you every single day. We thank you so much for seeing and taking sin so seriously that you sent your son to die for us. We thank you so much for that sacrifice. And we pray that we live our lives in, in holy, humble appreciation to that great sacrifice. We pray that you continue to bless the work here at Rolling Hills and all that we do. We pray that all that we do may be for your glory. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, this is the perfect opportunity to become one. You do that by following the Lord's plan of salvation, faith, repentance, confession, and full immersion in water. If you've done that before, but you've fallen away and you would like to make things right this morning, we ask that you please come to the front while we stand and sing the song of